This is the Joey Salazar Leadership Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Joey Salazar Leadership Podcast. This is your friend, Joey Salazar. And as always, it's a privilege and a blessing to be able to connect with you through these means. Uh, For those of you sharing and commenting and letting me know how much this is blessing your life, thank you so much. Thank you for stopping me in the hallways or sending me messages. It really does mean a lot to know that this is impacting your life. I recently met with somebody who showed me that they take notes and I was just kind of blown away. Obviously, we encourage that, but it was really cool to see somebody's journal with it actually opened. And uh, it was just uh, a privilege. So again, we do these intentionally to be able to add value to your life. And one of the things that we have done and want to continue to do even much more here in in this current season is bring on guests that have impacted my life that I want to connect with you. And I'm so honored to be able to introduce our next guest with us Uh, here in a little bit. We're going to, uh, you're going to be able to listen in on a conversation I had with this specific person, but uh, our next guest is uh, Mark Vega, Pastor Mark Vega, all the way from Gainesville, Florida. And he's somebody who's definitely impacted my life. He is a pastor. He is an internship or school of ministry leader, director, founder. He's an international evangelist, has written multiple books, has his own podcast, uh, former chaplain to the New York Yankees, which is pretty cool. And uh, right now is serving as a chaplain uh, in the correctional facilities in the Alachua County. And God is just opening some incredible doors in his life. But I'm just so grateful because he's always been somebody who, um, honestly, I even had a chance to live with him for a season. But even after I moved out in that season of my life ended, he's always been somebody just available to connect with. Him and his wife, Lisa, are just the two of the sweetest and two of the most powerful uh, individuals you'll ever meet. And so I'm so glad I got to sit down and have a conversation with him. And I'm really excited to be able to share that with you now. As always, I want to encourage you to definitely take some notes, lean in. He shares some incredible, incredible just wisdom and truth nuggets, but I really hope you enjoy it. And again, thank you so much for all of you sharing it and we'll catch you on the next one. Enjoy. Hey, Pastor Mark, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Joey, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the call with me today and on our leadership podcast. It means a lot to me. Um, In our introduction, I shared a little bit about all the amazing things that you are a part of and you're doing. And uh, fun fact, though, uh, our listeners uh, should probably know that uh, you gifted us with uh, the ability to be our officiant at my wedding. Uh, when you married Zelly and myself uh, almost 12 years ago, and uh, we didn't just ask anybody to do that. We wanted you because of your impact and influence in our lives. And so just thank you because you've been a constant just friend and leader, somebody who we've admired. And uh, just thank you for all that you do. We love you and your family. Well, thank you. That was those are pleasurable memories for Lisa and I. And we love you both, and we are every day reminded of uh, just God's faithfulness and, and all that he does through you guys, and, uh, and we're honored, honored to be, I'm honored to be on this uh, podcast with you, my friend. 
Thank you. A lot of, of my leadership and ministry experience, I point to just a handful of people, and you're definitely one of them. Um, I spent uh, some years there in Gainesville, just under your leadership. And I told people, uh, I tell people now, like, you know, my original plans was not to stay in Florida. Uh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, I was coming for what I thought was going to be nine months. And I tell people the only two people I knew who lived in Florida was Mickey Mouse and Mark Vega. And, um, <laughs> and right. look at what the Lord has done. Um, but Jehovah, again, just thank you Jehovah so much. Sneaky. Huh. <laughs> Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> exactly. Um, but hey, thank you so much for being on today's uh, episode. And this podcast was birthed from my heart to simply add value to other people's lives. You've been an influential voice in my life. And so I wanted our listeners to connect with you as well. And this being a leadership podcast, I'm always curious. There's so many definitions of leadership out there, but uh, I'm curious, how would you define leadership or what comes to mind when you just simply hear the phrase of leadership? Joey, I think of responsibility, man. I know, I know it's, it has a diverse, really diverse um, definitions. The term is ubiquitous, you know, but the truth of the matter to me, it's responsibility, it's trust, it's God's uh, grace and favor on those that he can entrust to, um, to hold the line and give people hope in the midst of hopelessness. So, for me, it's a re- responsibility is the resounding word that uh, has reverberated throughout the years. I love that. Um, I, I will occasionally, not a lot of people that I've asked use that phrase responsibility, but I love it because um, and I, I can recognize responsible leaders, especially here within our church when we're working on something and uh, man, not everybody um, man, there's just a, a certain level of responsibility that makes you stand out above the rest. And you know what? I know that not everybody can maybe uh, always, e- even when it comes to like, even when it, when it comes to like when we set a deadline and somebody comes back to me and says, hey, you know what? I can't meet that one. But if you give me a couple more days, like some people might think, oh man, you know, uh, does that get you upset or anything like that? And I'm like, no, the total opposite. Like, that's an example for me of responsibility. You know, you're not hiding from me. You're not avoiding me in the lobby, you know, but you're like, you're staying connected with me. Uh, why, why does responsibility stand out to you so much? What, how do you see that play out in ministry? I think because, I think because uh, we're, we're constantly being evaluated by God, not on a negative, and I know that sometimes that can have a negative connotation that God scrutinizes and God watches. But I think God wants to, first and foremost, Joey, I think God wants to promote us and mm. take us to greater and take us higher. And he needs to, we're on a baseball field. Actually, I'm on a baseball field here with the uh, Florida Gators and some of the Yankees, um, as I expressed to you before the show. And I was, I was, I was just thinking, you know, a baseball glove, you never see a baseball player buy a brand new glove for the postseason. On the contrary, the glove has to be molded to his hand, wow. broken enough so that it can be pliable, usable, so no balls will get through. Wow. And so I think that God, you know, he uses life to break us and break us in areas that need to be broken. But uh, first and foremost, you know, he's he's taken us to 
championship levels, man. He's taken us to to um, to places where we can really resonate with hope, with joy, with peace, with love that he has got. And um, and that's a responsibility that he think that I think he entrusts in us and uh, he values that. And I don't I don't want to undervalue what I feel God is valuing. And so I think that was Paul's pretty much that was Paul's um, thread throughout the epistles, right? Was the trust yeah. and the of, of the gospel. Yeah. So maybe that's I love, right. I love that so much when you're talking about how he breaks us, but to mold us, right? I wonder what would happen if we change our perspective. Uh, maybe the things that we're breaking apart is because maybe he wanted us, he wanted to put us together the way he wants us to be, not the way we are, right? Come on, and maybe maybe there's some leaders right now, even listening, and uh, you feel like there are things maybe breaking in your life or breaking in your ministry. And what if it's not all the devil's fault? <laughs> you know, what if it's not all an attack of the enemy? What if God was trying to like do something new in your life? That's right. um, Pastor Mark, would you just take a moment to just encourage somebody who maybe just in that place right now where it's just like, man, I, I keep trying and it's not working out or I thought yeah. I had my plans, but it's not working out. What would you say to them? Yeah. And listen, I'm looking at green, green grass right now. I'm actually looking at a baseball field again and it resonates with me. And I, I don't want to bludgeon the fact, but what makes this grass grow is fertilizer. And wow. fertilizer in its original state is dung. It's sticky. It's smelly. No yeah. one wants dung. But isn't it amazing that we'll pay money for it, top dollars for it, once it's processed through time. Wow. So if your marriage is going through something, your business is going through something, your personal life is going through an issue, um, that which stinks right now, and I'm sure it's pretty putrid, um, I promise you, um, that's those are the exact elements that God is going to use for it to grow. Just be patient. Don't be hasty. Um, let God process it. And that's what, that's, that's what life groups are for. That's what churches are for. Right? It's finding that community that can help you um, leverage some of that pain, the immediate pain, but the hold steady. God's going to work it out, and you're going to be you're going to be better than you were before um, because of His His fertilization in our lives. Right? Amen. That's so good. You know, this podcast is focused on not only leading others more effectively, but before we can do that, we got to be able to lead ourselves well. And I think it's oftentimes easier to see what everybody else needs to work on or tell people what to do and things like that. But when you talk about being responsible, you know, if we're going to before we can be responsible for others, we've got to be responsible for ourselves. And so when it comes to leading ourselves well first, maybe there's a young leader there or maybe there's a leader who like they want the ministry to grow and all that good stuff. But can you tell us a little bit about why it's so important that we wouldn't get those things backwards, that we would focus on ourselves and develop ourselves as leaders first before we start leading all others? Yeah, that's Joey. That's so good, man. Um, you keep you keep you keep talking, interjecting those golden nuggets, man. I'm going to compile them and write a book. <laughs> I'll, I'll put you on the forward. Uh, I, I think Joey. I, th- I think you hit it on the head. I think before you lead. Others, I think everything we'll ever do in terms of leadership comes from the overflow. It's going to come from the overflow of who we are, right? Mm. So David, David is on his deathbed. Second, I believe it's Second Kings two two. 
um, David is on his deathbed and he calls Solomon and he tells him, you, you, you think he's going to you know, give him some deep theology. These, these are his last words to his son. And he just tells him, be a man. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and of course, you continue reading. He says, be a man, be responsible. Don't forget to fear God. And then he says, and then, you know, you will occupy the Davidic throne, et cetera, et cetera. Then it gets a little more theological, but just be a man. Be be responsible because everything and anything that God is going to do through us, is going to come from the overflow of who we are. So this is where if you're a church planter, if you're, you're you know, you're new in the faith, if you're, if you've been in 10, 20 years, right? I think this is an ongoing journey that we take in evaluation and tweaking and perfecting. I think um, it's good to, it's good to, um, it's good to, to, to assess and to, and to work on ourselves, right? Work on ourselves. Am I, have I forgiven everyone? Have I hurt anyone? Um, is, are there wrongs that I need to, you know, are there wrongs that I need to make right? Do I need to restitution? We don't talk about restitution, but restitution is a, it's a very important biblical principle. Um, restitution is not only to bring, to bring restoration to, but also to make wrongs right by leveraging. Right. It's yeah. kind of like Nicodemus saying, hey, listen, if I've taken from someone, I'm going to give them five times as much. That's restitution. So are my promises being kept? Am, have I, am I being honest? Am I being open? Am I being uh, understanding? Um, are my relationships win-win uh, relationships? Um, is there disloyalty I need to work in? Is there manipulation? Um, am, I, am, am I violating someone's expectation? Um, am I easy to forgive? You know, so things like that, uh, I think are important for us to, to daily tweak and work on because that's the very well that God is going to draw from when we are being used by him, which is a yeah. daily basis. I love that. As you're speaking, the, the word that comes to mind is self-awareness which I think is, is a leader's, you know, one of a leader's greatest qualities. You got to know where you're at, where you're starting at. Nothing wrong with where you're starting at. Obviously, we just don't want to stay there. But if we lie of, hey, we're doing better than we think we are, then we're, we're going to miss out on some really key things that God needs to do in our lives. And, and then also, you know, I think John Maxwell is the one who said, you know, you reproduce who you are. Right. And so if and when we, we we don't focus on ourselves to work on the things on our blind spots uh, to be in community and all that good stuff, then, you know, what we, we can't really be surprised when our followers start picking up on the, our habits as well. Okay. And man, they're showing up late or they're not worshiping or they're not meeting deadlines or they're not yeah. doing certain things because it all really does begin with us um, on the practical level. Oh, yes, sir. Now, yeah, and I was just gonna add, I was just gonna add to that, and that's that's golden. Um, and I was just gonna add to that. I was having breakfast this morning with a gentleman who I love with all my heart, and I was reminding him on the importance of holding the line as we go into our forties and fifties and sixties, etc. Uh, in scripture, you don't see a twenty-one year old, a twenty-year-old backsliding. It's not the guy that's wet behind the ears. 
Mm. The ones that backslide, and what I mean by backsliding, the ones that deviate from the faith are in their 40s, 50s, 60s. You see David, David deviated at the age of 40. Saul deviated at the age of 50. Samson deviated at the age of 40. Demas, who was a beloved apostle, very useful to Paul during his uh, <clears throat> during his uh, travels and journeys. Paul says, Demas has left me. He's fallen in love with the world. It's believed that he's about 60-something years old. So I think... I think that um, we we got to be cognizant that this is a when you talk about working on yourself, this is an ongoing operation. This is modus operandi. Yeah. You meet Christ face to face. It has to have continuity, and it's perpetual. It's, it, it it doesn't it doesn't cease when we get promoted. Look at the modern day leaders, right? Unfortunately, that have slipped. Uh, and who we pray for because Galatians says, hey, man, be careful that you're not judging these guys severely so yeah. something, else, something worse won't happen to you. Uh, but they're not, Joey, they're not, let me remind the, the audience, they're not 19. Dude, they're not, they're not, they're not wet behind the ear church planters. That No, no, these are guys that are seasoned because mm. I think there's a great propensity and the more seasoned we are, the more we know how to mechanically irrigate and we know how to use our charisma, you know, just right where we don't have to pray as much. We don't have to be as faithful as much to our spouse. Right. Uh, we can mis mis we can misappropriate a couple of, couple of dollars here and there, you know, a couple of J's won't hurt from church funds. They won't know. I'll put it back. That those kind of allowances have buried ministries and um you know i think i think there's not enough said so i'm so glad you're talking about this because uh self-awareness has to be it has to be one of the prime pillars in our lives as we mature with the lord i love that uh, on a practical level and, and a, in a simple like applicable level what are some of the things that you've implemented in your life to help you continue growing, whether as a man, as a minister, husband, father, uh, speaker, just um, you're not like I've, I've seen you just lead so well for years and you're you're not the same person anymore. Like you continue just uh, feel like you're doing more and doing greater things. Um, but that's not easy. Not everybody uh, last, not everybody can can do this for a while or a longevity. Uh, what are the some of the things that you have implemented in your life? Habits or books or people or I don't know something that has helped you to continue to grow and become sharper and be and stay on the path that that you're supposed to. Yeah. So um, what comes to mind? I have I have I have mentors. I have I have someone watching over my theology. Um. Uh, it's very easy to become sensational. Uh, you feel the anointing of God. You say something, and and there's an actual um, a move of God by His grace, and we'll create a theological line from it and uh, mislead people. Um, so I I have someone who I constant I meet with at least quarterly, and I go over some theological thoughts, ideas, etc. Right. That's great. Um, an example is this. I said, I said, um, 
I said in one of the messages, I said, you don't have to love God to be saved, right? All you got to do is believe in God. Now, to stay saved, you have to love him. But the thief on the cross didn't love Christ. You know, to get saved, you don't have to love him. You have to believe in him. The word says, yeah. with your mouth confess, with your heart believe. But I was called out on that, you know, <laughs> and I gave him permission to call me out on that. Be careful. And he bought some things. And I said, you know, maybe I should have worded it this way. So, it, it, and it takes humility, Joey. I'm not saying that I'm the most humble person in the world. I'm, I'm actually pretty prideful. And so I have to work on humility every day. Um, but um, I've given them permission. So one watches over my theology. Another one watches over my marriage. Um, and, th and these are guys that are, this is a couple that uh, we've known for 30 something years. And, you know, as you age, Joey, uh, marriages tend to um, evolve. And, uh, and there are things that, you know, we, we don't have a manual. We heard, we've heard this. We've heard when you get married, you don't, you don't have a manual. Well, as you age, you don't have a manual either. So, <laughs> so um, guys that have had success there and love the Lord, love each other, that longevity of, of life, marriage and ministry for me is important. So uh, I think that in finances, finances, when we make financial decisions, we, we usually bounce it off of, again, mentors who, who have a gift from God on that. We want to be wise, but we also want to be accountable. Yeah. And so for me, that's practical, right? Um, did I answer that question? Or do you want yeah. more pragmatic? Or was that <laughs> no, no, I think that's so good. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up mentors because uh, you're one of my mentors. I have several mentors who really helped shape who I am today. And now I have the opportunity to help, you know, shape other young leaders. And uh, if it wasn't for mentorship, man, like we, we would, uh, we would not be where we were at today. Uh, can, you, can you talk a little bit about mentorship in the sense of there, there might be somebody listening right now who's like, man, I, I don't really have somebody to pour into me. Um, and I want somebody like that. Uh, how did that, how did that develop in your life? Uh, did they seek you? Did you seek them? Um, how did you feel? You know, I mean, what are some, some tips that you do when you even just meet with your mentor so that you make the most of your time with them? Yeah. Um, so I, I believe that the mentor, because this is what I did, the mentor seeks, I'm sorry, the mentee seeks the mentor, the yeah. mentee, the one that needs has to seek the mentor. Um, when I was 26 years old, I had just gotten credentials and I really didn't gravitate to anyone in my district because they were much older. Um, evangelist, to be a full-time evangelist was foreign language, Joey. Everything, Bible Institute, everything was more curtailed for the pastor, pastor, pastor. Five-fold ministry. So I went to... Southeastern Bible College at the time. And I met with the president. I didn't know, I knew who he was from afar. I had been impacted by his work. He didn't know who I was. And I said, would you mentor me? That was Dr. Mark Rutland. I said, I need right. mentoring. I need fathering. I need coaching. And he said, yeah, I, I've got, I've got, and he immediately put me on a plan. He said, I have this, I have this uh, cohort. It's a master's cohort. And um, I said, but I, I don't, I'm not pursuing a degree. He said, well, go for the knowledge. And wow. that was the greatest advice he, he, he had, you know, I could receive at the time. 
<clears throat> and so I would I would visit him three times a year, every four months. I would visit him in Southeastern. Um, my spiritual father, when I was uh, developing, um, I, I gave him constant access. Um, here's the misconception that I think we see with mentoring and mentorship. Um, I think mentoring and mentorship, the substratum is always going to be accountability. And I think that if I'm mentoring someone, I think I'm, I'm taking, they're, they're giving me permission. And I got this from Mike Fernandez because Mike Fernandez, though he, though he, and Mike Fernandez, for those that don't know, is a fabulous, fabulous minister of the gospel. He's over at Cornerstone. Joey, he's been a mentor to you as well. Yeah. I tell yes. Mike all the time, Mike, we were, we were contemporaries. We are contemporaries, but you served as a mentor to me because without you knowing inconspicuously, you strengthened areas of my life. And he says, yeah, but you gave me permission to do that. And one of the things Mike used to always say wow. is always ask, do you give me permission to take your life seriously, your calling seriously? Wow. And um, because like John Maxwell says, right? He says, if I'm mentoring you, then, I, then I'm seeing progression. If I start seeing regression, then I'm not mentoring you. I'm counseling you. And I didn't sign up to counsel you. I signed <laughs> up to mentor you. So there has to be transparency. And listen, I'm a, I'm a firm believer for those that are listening that need a mentor. I'm a firm believer that um, you, the men, God puts mentors around us. We just have to make sure that we're looking with the spiritual optics that are necessary to detect the mentor. Yeah. Right. Um, mentoring is coaching. It's developing, right? And, and uh, I, encourage, I encourage young pastors. <clears throat> Here I go, Joey. This is the part where I, I'm going to mess up the Zoom, uh, the, the interview, the podcast. <laughs> You're <But> good. <laughs> we, we have to do more than just ask for style advice, mm. apparel advice. What shares, yes. what, sh what, what, what pants go with these boots, what kind of hair, haircut goes with my, with my face, uh, how should I shape my beard? That, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Let me just <laughs> say that. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't let it come at the expense of forsaking the spiritual value that you hold and yes. just as you just as our beard needs to get shaped and lined up and we need haircuts and we need to get tapered every once in a while <clears throat> and our even our pants get tapered you know on the bottom you don't want to bell bottom you know all those things um i like my pants heavy starch i like my jeans to be to cut steak <laughs> you know i like him but our spiritual life hey my character uh is yes. kind of dull you know, we need we need someone in our lives to say, hey, you know what? Your character's kind of dull. You know, you're in tech. The last three times you said you're going to be here at this time. And you, I noticed that you're putting excuses. Joey, that was this morning. I was conversing with somebody, um, a very opulent and uh, a figure, a very, a very, a very, very, very influential and affluential person. And I. You know, because I can, I had a, a, a tough conversation pertaining to marriage, pertaining to some things that I had made notice of. But 
that person has given me permission to speak into their lives. And so yes. that's where it starts. It starts, the preamble to this question is the last point. So I love the fluidity of this, in, of, of this conversation because we have to be humble enough to accept the correction. And today, yes. correction and mentoring, and mentoring goes good up until the inflection point of accountability. When we hit, account when we hit accountability, then we'll, we'll deem it as an attack. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And That's so right. It's just working on ourselves. And, um, but mentoring is important. I sought mentors. I seek mentors. I always have my eyes, my eye out, you know, to see, you know, who that is. Uh, I love, I love, I love master classes. I subscribe to master classes. I listen to them. Sometimes I find myself emailing them on a specific point um, that I think can benefit me as a person. And it's that constant willingness to be more like Christ that drives me to, um, to be better. It's so good. I think what comes to mind as I hear you share your heart on, on mentorship is character over comfort, yes. right? Like it, it'd be easy to surround ourselves with people who are going to tell us what we want to hear or people who are going to always just uh, give us the green light on stuff. But I, I'm a huge proponent and I have it in my life too, where people who are, are there, I've given them permission, like you said, to tell me no or to call me out. Or to ask me some tough conversation, ask ask me some tough uh, questions about ministry, about marriage, about parenting, about my just yeah. personal life, and yeah. um, I think that's again anybody listening who's like, man, I want something like that. I, I want mentors in my life. Um, I would just continue to say what Pastor Mark just said. Hey, don't wait for them to come to you necessarily, uh, but you seek it as well. You go up to them. You keep your eyes open and you identify some areas that you want to grow in and start with who's around you. It doesn't have to be, you know, some person on the other side of the world or somebody on YouTube. I mean, yes, they can add value to your life, but there's something about being close to somebody. There's something about being in proximity with somebody. Um, again, another fun fact, I had a chance to, to live in your home for a season of my life, you know, and, 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 and I, I got to see you differently. I got to, uh, I got to get closer to you and, and you as me as well. And so there's something about proximity to somebody where it's like, Hey, you know, you spend time with somebody long enough, you start, you start kind of rubbing off on, on each other just a little bit. And so, um, you know, a practical just take away if that's somebody, if you're somebody who wants to grow in mentorship, wants to be on the receiving end of that, identify some areas that you want to grow in and see who's around you. And then it might be a little awkward. It might be, it might feel a little weird, but go up to them and ask them. Yeah. And I think on the practical sense, when I've been asked to help mentor somebody, one of the best things that I've, uh, or one of the things I've told them is if you want to get mentored by me, uh, because my time is limited at times, one of the best things you can do is get into what I'm doing already. Wow. And, and, and right. so join one of the teams that I help lead or, right. you know, come, you know, let me know which service you're going to be at and we'll sit together because I'll, I'll be receiving at the first service anyway. So, mm -hmm. but there's something about, Hey, you know what? Our mentors are not going to necessarily change their entire lives or schedules to please us. But as a mentee, Hey, I want to just, I'm going to do whatever it takes. If I really want to learn and grow from somebody to just get into what they're already doing and I'll so be at their services. Yes, let me let me let me let me let me say this. Let me interject and say this. Man, you just hit a point that's so that's so true. 
right? What if, what if we, instead of saying, will you mentor me? What if we identified an area where that person that we wish would mentor us had a need? If we identified mm. one of their needs and yes. we served them, right? My, so my pastor, he was 75 years old. I was 25 years old. I knew that I needed, and, and I knew that my future was on the tip of his tongue. I knew he had the words that I needed. And you know what I would do? I would ask him, can I, can I clean your gutters? He'd say, yeah. <laughs> can I mow your lawn? He'd say, yeah. It wasn't really the, the gutters and the lawn that, that, uh, that I wanted to service, even though it was a pleasure for me to do it. But it was the aftermath that would you want to come inside? I'd say, yes. Give me some, some lemonade. Yes. And then I'd start asking him about the history of his faith, about testimonies. How does it feel to be 75? I was 25, Joey. He's 50 years my elder. Well, um, how is, how, how, how do you, how do you pray? How do you grow in prayer? How do you grow in the word? And so, um, and I had that relationship with him up until he was 89 years old when he went to be with the Lord. But it, it was identifying a need and then filling that need. And subsequently, there was intimate time. And, and this, yeah. is, this is great, right? Who, who are who, the president of the United States? Pick one, right? Who has been during their tenure in the White House? Who's been the people closest to them? It's not Congress. It's not the vice president. It's not anybody in the House of Representatives. It's, it's the people that serve them their breakfast, people that give them haircuts, people that bring the slippers to the room, right? Because there's a need yes. they're servicing. And subsequently, there's time invested. And a lot of people, a lot of, there's a great movie, The Butler. I, I don't know if you saw it or not, uh, mm. Oprah Winfrey. Great movie. But one of the highlights was, man, service, service to God and service to people that we deem as generals or people that we need to learn from. Uh, service comes, right? The common denominator of that service is serving them, is mentoring. Uh, mentoring comes by serving them. Wow. by identifying those needs. So, man, that's, that's, that's a great point you bring out, you know? Yeah. Um, well, to add to that, I think the character that comes to mind is Nehemiah. When you talked about serving, right? Like, uh, he was the cupbearer. And so he was, I mean, you don't get really much closer than that, you know? And so right. it was serving. And now my mind's just kind of racing <laughs> with what you just David, shared. David, David was a water boy. Yeah. And, and it was serving that positioned them where God wanted them to be in the best place to be able to receive everything they had. And so I think you definitely hit it right there. I remember when I was in high school and it was spring break was coming up. And when everybody else wanted to go to South Padre Island and go to the beach and go to all these places, uh, I wanted to go to Mike Fernandez's house and help wash cars because he was selling cars at that time. <laughs> and, and there was just something about like, I, I that was the highlight. And I've never, I've never forgotten that, that experience. I spent a whole week at his house. Everybody else went to the beach and everybody else went to all these other places. I went to his house and I wanted to wash cars because there's something about being around, about your mentor, around your mentor. Wow. 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 And so um, I love that. That's so, that's so really good. Um, and I think again, mentors will help shape us. 
help shape us to a place to then where we now do get to lead others effectively. Right. But, and not, and like you said, mentorship is a lifelong process. And so it's not like, okay, you know, it's one and done or, Hey, I'm good now. I don't need you anymore. No, it's a lifelong process, but through mentorship and personal growth, we can get to a place to where now we can lead uh, others as well. Effectively. Uh, You've led it. Uh Uh-huh. Joey, I'm just going to say, you know, these are dangerous times we're living in because we have the flip side of the flip side to the to the to this coin or the other side of the spectrum is that we have um, a cult of celebrity status ministers and ministries that will only surround themselves by people that tell them exactly what they want to hear. And so let's not emulate that. Let's not, um, whenever I hear of something unfortunate that happens somewhere, some church, some ministry, I promise you one thing, he ain't the only one that's guilty. There's a cool mm. flock that made that happen. And, mm. and um, I'm reminded of angels, Joey, who took a more severe punishment than even Lucifer did. And the Bible says they're still chained in dungeons. First Peter uh, and Jude says that they're still chained in, in dark, gloomy dungeons until judgment day. So wow. Lucifer got off easy. These guys have been, they've been in solitary confinement since the inception of the rebellion and that occurred in heaven. Why? Lucifer did the I mean, Lucifer is the one who rebelled. Why are they getting a, a more severe penalty? Because they allowed it to happen. Wow. That's the value of having accountability and mentorship and honest, like you said, people that can be honest. And, you know, today we hire friends, we fire friends. And I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> just as you gave me, you know, just as I took all of the, all of the great, um, you know the applause and the encouragement and all of the all of the positive things you know i've got to be able to bite the bullet and say okay i'm ready now to receive because it's done in love you know so yeah surrounding us you know it's, it's just it's just some dangerous times that we're living in and and um you know whenever i see that Amer- i remember watching american idol man when those guys the first couple of weeks were horrid <laughs> and and Simon would just go ham on them. You remember Simon had no mercy. I yeah. remember Simon told somebody, did you go to singing classes? I heard you went to singing class. The person said, yeah. He said, well, go get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> just tearing them up. But who, he, you know, it was true. They, did, they, they weren't ready to sing on that, on that level. Who was waiting for them in the green room? People that lied to them. Wow. Oh, you're a great singer. <laughs> oh, you've been, you're great. And you don't need them. And you don't need their advice. You don't need the show. And it's cute when you're watching it on television. But when it happens in real life and somebody's wow. pouring out their heart and you're just, you know, give, you don't want anything to do with that person because they told you something that you've never been told before. Yeah. Possibly because you've surrounded yourself with people that, are not the most truthful with you. The, the Bible says the wounds of a fr- faithful are the wounds of friends. So, Joey, if you're really my friend, you're going to wound me 
not with stones, but you're going to wound me with truth. Mm. Right? But the kisses of yeah. an enemy, it says, are poison. So I think I think a lot of weight is not only on the on the mentor to be truthful and loving, but also on the mentee to be receptive and yes. humble and pliable and moldable enough to say thank you. Because I'm sure when you were washing cars for Mike Fernandez, like I was cleaning gutters for my pastor, everything wasn't Joey. You're the you're doing fabulous and fantastic. Yes, yeah. But there were sometimes you know there were a you need my pastor used to say you need to work on this that and the other. You need to work on this. And I would never get, I would never leave saying, why does he always attack? No, you know, the, the, my heart was began to be conditioned to receiving, you know, it, it, I used to say positive and negative. It's all positive, but receiving yeah. what I didn't want to hear just as much yeah. as I received what I, what I enjoyed hearing. Right. Absolutely. No, our hearts absolutely matter. And are really the, the, the difference maker, um, especially, like into if someone's gonna pour into our hearts or into our lives, uh, or even opportunities where I've had to speak into somebody else's life, like there's been moments where some people have been really receptive and they've run with it and they've thanked me and they've they've gone and their life has changed. And then there's other people who like it just seemed like I was not getting through. It seemed like you know they were not open, they were not receptive. Sometimes they wouldn't even stop talking to let me give an opportunity to speak into their life. And so in the back of my head, I'm like, so then what was this for? You know, like, what was this all about? Because our hearts matter and, and our circle matters. But more importantly, our hearts matter because we've got to be teachable. We've got to be open. Uh, none of us, none of us, even with with all of our accomplishment, we haven't we haven't made it yet. Like there's always still something else we can learn, grow in. And I think uh, somebody one time said, like, the more fruit a tree has, the lower it hangs right? Like, it's just, that's the position of our hearts, of our spirits that it should be that, Hey, we're going to stay humble. Uh, the fruit that we do produce in our lives, it's going to be for other people to enjoy, but our job is just continue to be planted and be faithful and be open to the sun, the rain, everything that God would have for us. And I think like, that's how we create lasting impact, a life of significance. That's powerful. Well, in leading um, not only ourselves well, but leading others more effectively um, as we begin to kind of land the plane on this conversation. But uh, you've had the opportunity to lead, um, you know, as a chaplain uh, in your home, uh, as a pastor, uh, internships, schools of ministries and, and so many other things. Um, like what are some of the, the guidelines that or what is what's the mindset or some of the guidelines or values that you keep in mind? That when you're leading others, uh, this is what, you know, this is what I think about. This is what I, I think about. This is what guides me. This is, these are the boundaries. Uh, what are some of the things that come to mind? In other words, of how to lead others well, um, how to help them continue to grow and succeed. What are some things that, that you do that we could apply that just things to keep in mind for when leading others well? Yeah. So that's a great question. I think that, I think that everyone, number one, knowing that everyone is different. Everyone's different. Um, I learned this with Joe Torrey. When I was chaplain for the New York Yankees, and I did that for 15 years, one of the things I learned with Joe Torrey was um, he treated every player different because every player had a different journey, career. And you're talking about stellar players. That would be today equivalent to uh, a team signing KD, 
signing Kyrie. Yeah, like the, like the Brooklyn Nets, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> which uh, I enjoyed last night very, very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel that you did too. Uh, we'll leave it at that, right? Let the viewers <laughs> try to date this in. Um, everyone's different, Joey. Everyone's different. Some people come, they've had broken homes. Other mm. people come, they need mentoring, they've had broken marriages. Other people come, they've been in the foster care program. Other people. So, number one, I know that they're all different. Not, it's not one size fits all. Number two, my graces have to be different. <clears throat> number three, um, they all have value. And so, rather than dig the dirt, look for the dirt to remove it. I rather identify the gold in them, mm. and so for me, those are those are guiding principle principles when it comes to um, leading others effectively. I I, I also um, I want them to have skin in the game um, because that lets me know. So I, 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 there's always a directive, and I, and that that is my gauge. That's my thermometer. Um, to see if they're continuously going, you know, pursuing what they need, uh, because I shouldn't have more passion for their development than they have for themselves. Mm. So, um, there is, there is a, there is a cost, not a monetary cost, but there's a sacrificial cost. Yeah. Um, and you know what, Joey, I, I guess the older I get, our time is very valuable, valuable. Our time, is um should should be honored and it's it's valuable and so if i'm taking hours to prepare because i know that you need this whether it's you know what you need help speaking or leading or coaching or developing or starting a business or working through a marital issue uh, i i i was in orlando a couple of weeks ago and two minister two ministerial generals giants that we're not really in talking terms. Uh, I mediated that conversation. I was asked, would I be able to mediate it? I said, yeah. And, uh, and just to be able to serve that meeting and understand the, their differences and understand and to God be the glory. I mean, it was, it was God at work, but I just think sometimes when we talk about mentoring, we, we can tend to one size fits all. It takes time. It takes a lot of time from the, so it's going to be, it's going to be taxing on the mentor. Yeah. And just to, just to, I would, I would encourage mentors to put boundaries on that. And, um, and it's, it's okay to have them. Uh, we're not meeting halfway. If, if you want me to mentor you and, and, and I agree to it and, we're at a hundred, we're a hundred miles away from each other. I'm not meeting you 50 miles from here. You're, you're, mm. you're driving the hundred. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to show me how bad you really want it. That's so good. Yeah. So that for me, um, that for me gives me guidance as to, you know, as to, for me, it's a it's a it's a needle. It's a needle that lets me know how I'm doing as a mentor and how they're doing as mentees. Yeah, it's a guiding principle for me. That's amazing.
Pastor Mark, I really appreciate your leadership, your time, your wisdom that you've shared with us and our listeners today. Uh, I could be here for a lot longer, but I know you also have responsibilities. You are legit on a baseball field right now. But um, nonetheless, uh, would you give us the honor of praying for us as leaders that God would, um, I love how we, we really just had a chance to focus on, seems like a lot of our, our just mentorship in general in our hearts, that God would uh, help us with our hearts, remain teachable, moldable, yeah. uh, you know, leaders uh, who never feel like, hey, we've arrived or, hey, we've had enough or we've made it, but that we would always be humble and in low position, posture before the Lord, um, whatever he would have for our lives. Yes. Father, I thank you for the opportunity you give Joey and myself to bring um, this moment of, of transparency. And Lord, I just pray that those listening, that they would gravitate to every word that came out of Joey's mouth and my mouth and that they would be able to walk it out. Lord, Father, keep us from ourselves that we won't ever underappreciate who we are or overappreciate who we are, but that we would lean on you every single day, knowing that you are the source. Lord, I, I pray for those that are going through navigating, journeying through uh, moments uh, that are difficult, whether they're spiritual, emotional, physical, matrimonial, financial, ministerial, entrepreneurial, Whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you would give them the wisdom, that you would give them wisdom, the wisdom necessary, that you would, that they would value your word and that they would know that everything that we need, that we have needed and that we will ever need is in your word. And so, Lord, make us addicts of your word, that we would mm. read it, live it, learn it, apply it, meditate on it, declare it, decree it. <clears throat> And Lord, that we would respect it and honor it and prioritize it above anything else in this world. And Lord, let them let them be mindful that they're human, that you've given them the grace to be human, to make mistakes, to slip, to fall. Uh, you don't give us licenses to sin, but you do give us grace, my God, to to make things right. And so, Lord, I pray for those that are listening that need to make things right, even with themselves, forgiving themselves, relationships, perhaps, uh, whatever the case may be, Lord, let them know that they're human. And Lord, that we would laugh often, that we would live loudly, that we would love unconditionally. <clears throat> and Lord, that we would grow together as a community, as a family, that we would identify people that need a touch from us because in, 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 in all actuality, we are all mentors and we'll mentor someone. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the work of your spirit. Thank you, my God, for those that you have delivered or are delivering from addictions, whether it's addicted, addiction to self or addiction to a bottle or to a needle or to a coping mechanism. Lord, we ask that you break that addiction in the name of Jesus and that, Lord, we will be stewards, that we would be better than we were before listening to this podcast. I thank you for Joey. I thank you for Zelly. I thank you for his family. I thank you for his ministry. I thank you for all that you've done, that you're doing, 
and that you will do for decades to come. Thank you for this precious man of God who you've assigned to be a young general from his mother's womb. I thank you for him. Thank you for the platforms that you've given him. And Lord, I pray that like a blueprint opens, that you would open up platforms and catapult him and continue honoring his obedience and his devotion to be more like you. Lord, we ask you these things in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Joey, this was this was so much fun, man. Thank this you. I know. It was great. Thank you so much for what, being what with are you us reading, today. Joey? What are you reading? <clears throat> right now, I am reading Simple Church and the Confident Mind. The Confident Mind. I've never heard of that one. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I met, uh, I'll shoot you a link, but uh, I had a friend of mine that I, I met at the John Maxwell Certification, and now we stay in touch. And so they mm-hmm. they told me about that book. And so I'm reading that right now. It's going pretty good. It's yeah. awesome. Yes, sir. Uh, I think all the audience needs to know that you have been a consummate professional and I hope you don't cut this off. I hope you you let (laughs) this on the podcast. And I'm serious, Joey. Uh, We see see too many people not do it right. We need to see longevity and what that looks like. And um, you've been a consummate professional, Joey. You've been the one to constantly love God, constantly develop others. That's always been your heart, your passion. And... uh, Lisa and I love you and Zelly. We love your children. We love what they're going to do for the kingdom of God. And, uh, dude, I was honored. I was stoked. I'm, I'm being honest with you. There's a there's some New York Yankees that are here uh, doing some video footage, and I had the honor to be called to this by Univision and stuff. But uh, my highlight was this, and I and I mean that, Joe. <laughs> I mean that. Thank you. I love you a lot, man. You're 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 an incredible incredible dude. I appreciate that. Well, I admire you a lot, Pastor Mark. Uh, for anybody who wants to continue to get to know you better or follow you or kind of keep up with what you're doing, uh, what's a website or a social link that you would recommend them to follow you at? Yeah, follow follow us at uh, markvega.org. Go on, on IG. We're, we're on IG as Mark Vega. Uh, TikTok. I even got a TikTok account, Joey. Oh, come, come on. on. Oh, Let's go. Facebook, uh, those mediums. We're working on a book. It should be coming out in August. Amazing. It's a powerful, powerful book. It's called The Escape Artist. And wow. it's, it's mastering the art of escaping, of escaping the enemy's traps. Wow. So, yeah, keep that in prayer. And all the audience, please, please keep it in prayer. And I want to definitely let you know when it, when it is made available. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Mark. And thank you for all those who have been listening as well. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you took notes like the way I did took uh, took notes. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great one, everybody. Blessings, y'all. Thank you for tuning in. For more information and additional resources, check out joeysalazar.org and follow him on Instagram at joeysalazar. Please feel free to rate, review, share, and subscribe. Once again, Thank you so much for joining the Joy Salazar Leadership Podcast.